You're listening to Amplify Ambition. I'm Kristen Edwards, leadership consultant and your guide to implementing custom strategies based on your personality type. This is the podcast where you get to evaluate your personal and professional growth and create your best life by growing a business that works for you. Let's dive in because your next level of success is within reach once you decide to dream loudly. Welcome back to another episode of Amplify Ambition. As you are growing your business, you've probably heard this term thrown around and you either went down a rabbit hole on it or you tried to skip this step thinking, I'll come back to it eventually type of thing or just decided that you knew all the answers because that is half of the name of the game when you enter entrepreneurship is being able to make decisions. But in my opinion, the best way to make those decisions is backing it with research, with information. And so I'm really excited to bring Annie Sidor to the show today. She's a market research consultant and she literally helps entrepreneurs to elevate their businesses, create offers based on what their clients actually want and are going to pay for. So welcome to the show, Annie. Hi, it's so cool to be here. Awesome. So before we dive into what you do and tips that you can give us, I started out as a multi-passionate coach. So I want to know what is that thing that you really care about, a cause or just a passion of yours? That's not an obvious part of your brand being on the market research side of things. Yeah. um, So something that I'm really passionate about that I haven't yet shared with my brand is organ donation. I am actually a heart transplant recipient and I was really sick and my life was saved due to another human making the choice to donate their organs. And it's something that is really passionate, I'm passionate about and there's not a lot of education around. So I am constantly involved with the organ donation um, society in the United States. That's awesome. So one, I'm glad that someone also donated so that I know you now because I did not know you before your transplant. Um, So I'm so, and I I think it's always great that if you've especially been through something in your life that you're always giving back to that thing that gave you that second opportunity. So that is, you literally had a second opportunity at life um, as well. So I'm glad that you're able to kind of give back to that um, just as much. And thank you for sharing that as well. Absolutely. All right. So I gave a little overview of at least why I think market research is important, but I'm sure as someone who does this on a professional level, there's so much more that goes into it. So I'm curious to kind of what led you to the work that you're doing. I know your professional background before um, starting up your own, you know, kind of business was also in this. So what got you started and tell us exactly what it is you do now. Yeah, so I actually started at a corporation right out of college. Um, I, you know, got my degree in journalism and public relations, and I also have a degree in behavioral sciences. So right off the bat, I entered the corporate world and found myself in the research department at a software company. And that's basically where I learned 
everything that led me to starting my own business and helping entrepreneurs and small business owners conducting their own market research. So I had about five years of experience working very closely with a corporate research team, and it was much fun. But like I um, shared at the beginning, you know, um, life happens, things change. And honestly, receiving a heart transplant just totally changed my life and made me realize what's important. And I think the first thing is, is me. And so what makes Annie happy? And the first thing that comes to mind is helping people. And I felt like I couldn't help the right people working for such a large company. And so I decided that it was time to take a brave leap of faith and conduct market research for small business owners full time. And so that's what I am currently doing and offering right now. So as a market research consultant now, um, what I've noticed a lot online is that there is so much to learn about how to start a business and how to run a sustainable business. And I've noticed that I've attracted a lot of coaches, consultants, and course creators um, in my now in my business. So what I'm trying to do is offer a service that is very particular to um, coaches, consultants, and course creators that I don't see at all on the market right now. And that is to hire me for a singular purpose to conduct research on your behalf. Um, it saves you time. And there's a lot of other benefits besides that. Um, however, I know that why now a lot of business owners are thinking, why do I need to do market research now? I'll just put it off for later. And if you run a business online, it is constantly changing. What was relevant three to six months ago is definitely not relevant now. And so being able to do these in-depth studies about your customers, the, your offer and your business slash industry, it's so consuming. You can barely keep up with it yourself. So that's where I come in and I take the weight off of your shoulders and help you figure that out so that you can focus on what you love doing. I think one, anything that saves me time sounds like a great option. Um, and I think a lot of times we also, as entrepreneurs, we get so kind of siloed into what we care about, what matters most to us, that we forget to have that objective view. Also, um, depending on how long you've been in the industry, especially if you have a corporate background before becoming an entrepreneur or you're overlapping in any way, a lot of the jargon becomes things that only you know, and although your ideal client is out there, they don't resonate with that language. So I think it, that's, if nothing else, like one, saving time and two, making sure you say it in a way that resonates. And I know because I've done a couple interviews with you and that's how we first connected was really being able to say, you know, this is how they said it. This is what they meant, or this is how they interpreted that type of thing to really understand how to give that feedback back to your actual um, client. It helps them create a new offer, especially if you're thinking about raising prices or many of us as we start a new year, we're like new offer, which again, makes complete sense. But what's that new offer? You can definitely can't charge anyone a million bucks if they don't 
care about what you're doing. So I think it's really important that you do it in a way that connects to that audience. Yeah, you bring up such a great point. And um, I think that it's very important to understand why. And that's what really market research does for your business, for you or anything in life. Um, because you can, you know, send out little polls all day or write in a Facebook group, hey, quick question and or Google something. And um, that's going to give you surface level answers. But if you really want to know why, what is your purpose? Why are you helping these people? Why do they need your help? What is the impact that your brand is making? Why are your customers loyal to you over the next competitor? These are all things that like help your business thrive and grow. And um, I love that you made the point that depending on how long you've been in business, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in your own day to day. And it's, I see it so often um, with entrepreneurs, you do something and it hits. It was a huge hit. It was a success. You try to repeat it and maybe it's not as much. Maybe it doesn't hit the right way next time. Um, or you think that went so great. I'm going to do this other thing now because of course the other thing is going to land great in my market and it's a flop. And then that causes a lot of internalization and like emotional like on the inside at home when you go to bed at night, but it also, you know, brings up some more stress in your business because you took a risk and the reward wasn't there. So why not eliminate all that guesswork and go right for the data and look at exactly what people are saying, why they are saying it, and then make the best business decision based off of the actual data. And so I like to be that person to get that data for you. I can talk research all day and I can sit here and code anything and be happy as can be. And I know that that's very difficult for a lot of people to do. And that's why I feel really passionate about specifically helping entrepreneurs because, you know, you this, this is the hustle business and I respect everything and every hat that every entrepreneur wears. And if I can make that a little easier on them, um, that's really what I'm trying to do is just help out. Yeah. And I think having the right heart behind what you're doing is what makes you successful as an entrepreneur uh, yourself. But I, I really like what you're saying is like, as entrepreneurs, we do wear a lot of hats and you can sometimes forget and or just make a decision to skip it because you don't have enough time. Um, but making sure that if you skip something, it's like, you know, having an apple. Um, I'm not saying don't eat. I'm just saying like you're skipping an apple in comparison to skipping the market research that could be bringing in your next, you know, revenue stream or whatever that might look like on an individual basis. So, you know, definitely excited as you dive more into kind of what you do and how we can all sort of have these own, you know, decision-making abilities for ourselves as well. But thank you so much for one, like having the passion behind it because I love numbers, like actual numbers. Um, I think a lot of people, they go, oh, numbers, data, that's scary. I can't do it. But like, your feelings don't pay bills, your data will. Um, so as we talk more about data, what are some ways that entrepreneurs can leverage market research in their business, whether 
they're coming to you or they're trying to even kind of start that market research for the first time themselves? Right. Okay. So that's a great question. And I think that if you are thinking about market research and how to tie that into your business strategy, um, it's best to start from a bird's eye view and really take a step back and be as objective as possible. And I always say, start by thinking about your plan and simply create your objectives and goals. And you can just basically brain dump everything you wanna know. What do you need to know? What do you want to know? What would you like to know? What do you wanna get out of it? And then take all of that and condense it into a few main objectives or goals. Um, once you've really nailed that down, we go a step further to condensing it to a singular question. And when you come up with that one question, that's when you know you're ready to really start some type of market research study. So. There's so many methodologies in market research, and I'm sure we've heard all the time um, the word ideal client. And that is essentially something that you have kind of created within your own heart center, because these are people that you know are going to make you happy and continue to help you like thrive in your business because it's a two way flow exchange of energy. And so you have this idea, but then you're like, where do I find these people? And so we always start with an ideal client. And at this point in the research life cycle, you're, you go from this plan to recruiting and it's planning slash recruiting at this point. And you decide on some recruiting criteria of who it is you actually want to get to know. And this is where demographics and psychographics come in. And so when I work with my clients, this is one of the first conversations that we have is <clears throat> we go through age, gender, income, lifestyle, hobbies, interests. I mean, and I just take everything in and soak it in like a sponge. And, um, and I always encourage this, if you wanna conduct your own market research, it's so important to create this recruiting criteria that is based off of your ideal client. And then at that point, you go back to your singular question and why we're doing this study and determine what is the best methodology. And in most cases, I um, suggest putting together quantitative data, which looks like a survey with qualitative data, which looks like a handful of one-on-one -on -one interviews. And that's how we got to know each other. So once you kind of decide your methodology, it's just pure logistics. And this is where the experience really comes in. Um, those five years working for a research team at a corporation, because this is what you won't find out. This is what people aren't explaining in their, you know, part one market research modules. This is the step that gets skipped so often and why market research becomes so consuming and difficult. And then you usually say, I'm done with it and I don't wanna do it and it's not important. And the logistics here are setting up, how are you gonna reach out to people? What are you gonna compensate them with? How much time do you even have in your schedule to meet with them? 
And finally, when you do reach out to all of these different types of people, are you dedicated and committed to following up, following up, following up for weeks at a time, for a month if it takes, to make sure that you get the right participant to fill in the right study for you? And um, that's also kind of where I come in. I take I take all of that stress off of the client. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why um, I always suggest outsourcing, um, regardless if it's a market research consultant like me, but if you already have like a VA or someone else on like a small team or someone you can rely on and trust, um, these are all logistics that someone can help you with. And like, that is so easy to delegate, but so important to the outcome of your market research. And once you fill your sessions and you you finish the logistics, it's just all smooth sailing. It's moderating the sessions, collecting the data, coding it, which obviously requires some sort of experience. And um, the service that I provide in my research lifecycle is obviously I hand over a full report that is very easily digestible with the raw data. So if you want if you're the kind of person that wants to see every little thing um, in a big excel sheet then more power to you and you get that as well so um that's really the process of market research and um the life cycle and you can make this as complicated and as simple as you want to but it takes time it just simply takes time when you do decide to incorporate market research into your business strategy. Yeah, I, I love what you said about, you know, going back to the methodology of both quantitative and qualitative, because I think we're really quick to put up the polls on Instagram or in a random Facebook group, and you may or may not even be reaching your ideal client, but I'll skip that part of the conversation. Um, but recognizing that just because someone tapped you know, one answer or the other on your poll, if you don't get the why behind it, it might help you recognize. Something personally for me um, is that although I work with leaders, I'm a leadership consultant, um, my ideal client is still kind of that freelancer, solopreneur um, person. And a lot of times they don't identify themselves as a leader. Like if you've started a business, you are leading someone, um, but having that conversation. And so I was using certain language for people that already identify as leaders. When I put surveys out there, I was like, no, you are literally my ideal client. Why are you saying no? Why are you saying you're not ready? And so getting the why behind it, um, you know, it's how I came up with the name for my intensive, right? My intensive is becoming CEO intensive because it's not that they don't even see themselves as CEO, despite what is on paper. They're like, oh, I don't have a billion dollar corporation. I'm not a CEO. And I was like, cool, there's more than one type, but making sure that my language started to resonate where becoming CEO, they do have that ambition to get there one day to build that type of organization and not stay a solopreneur freelancer forever. Um, but having that language again, that resonates. So um, not just checking off that I did an IG poll. And so I know X or Y, but also the Y behind it, because it helps me name my courses, my intensive, like so many other things um, as well. And so, you know, whether you've been in business for five days or 15 years, either way, doesn't matter that market research component is there, but recognizing it's 
both surveys and interviews, that follow-up conversation, the why behind the behind what they chose. So even if you got the answer you wanted on that Instagram poll, recognizing that uh, it might not be the exact reason why um, you wanted something as well. So thank you definitely for kind of separating those two um, aspects. I mean, all of it was good, but that was the one that I loved and wanted to highlight. So um, yeah. are there any other, um, you know, kind of formats or structures that you think people need to have in place, again, if they're trying the DIY method um, or, you know, outsourcing to their VA in comparison to coming directly to you? Obviously, I think they should go to you, but what else can you share? Yeah, yeah. I mentioned delegation because I, I want to make sure that we can let everyone know regardless of where you're at in your business because it's so important if, if you're not ready to outsource, it's still great to just do it yourself and be creative about it. Um, I think um, something that I feel is a huge responsibility that I, since you asked, I wanted to talk about is that um, conducting market research is very delicate and something that I'm very passionate about and my core values is, you know, researching tenaciously and having the best standards and being ethical and obviously researching with love. And so um, I think also what is not really spoken about when you do decide to conduct market research for your own business is that it can be very emotional and you have to step back and ask yourself, am I gonna be able to listen to this feedback if it's not what I want to hear? And also, am I going to be able to sit and have a conversation with someone for 45 minutes to an hour and ask them questions that aren't leading them to an answer that I would like to get? And basically, that can skew everything. That can literally change all of the outcomes. And so it's important when you do decide to actually speak with people one-on-one, -on -one, you take it seriously and professionally. Um, and also understanding that who you speak with, who takes your surveys and who maybe joins your focus group, anything, any type of methodology you conduct. Um, it's really important to remember that these are not people to, to sell to after the fact. Um, this is, you're collecting data to make better business decisions, eliminate risk, find opportunities, create better marketing material. And so these people are trusting you. Hey, I will show up and I will give you my feedback honestly, but a lot of the time they don't want to be followed up with and sold on something. And it's the same when you go into a Levi's store and they ask, hey, do you want to be on our mailing list? And you say, well, you're, you know, I'll be on your mailing list, but only if it's for you guys. You promise? And they're like, yeah. And then literally a month later, your data sold and you're getting all these sales calls. And so I think that that's something that is an uncomfortable topic sometimes to talk about. And it's really difficult to withhold your emotion from your own study and to not go after and looking at it in a sales perspective. And that's also why I think it's important 
if you can be honest with yourself, then that's when you know you need to outsource this type of work in your business. Um, but if you're good at compartmentalizing, and I don't know, maybe the Enneagram, um, you know, numbers would come up in this sort of situation, but um, these are just really honest questions to ask yourself um, before you really dive into the recruiting aspect of the market research life cycle. I think the market research is important and there's definitely some Enneagram types that are going to take everything personal. So I think at that, if you know you're that person, definitely outsource it and let it come back to you in just like a general summary in comparison to that face-to-face and then they, they feel awkward on a Zoom call telling you how they really feel because they see your whole body contorting and your face twitching as you get that feedback. So that's a great place and another reason to outsource. Again, even if it is to someone already on your team um, or and or not, you know, outsourcing to another business owner um, as well. But I think that's something that's really important. Like if you take things personally and everything immediately offends you before you're able to process it, definitely outsource your market research because you need to be able, hopefully the whole reason you're in business is to transform lives and make other people's lives better. If not, quit your business, please. But, you know, recognizing that if your first reaction is to say the XYZ person no longer likes me and doesn't want to be my best friend, then definitely outsource that market research, um, but realize those that you can help. I say this all the time. There's 7.5 billion people on the planet. That number's probably changed. They probably need to go find out how many exist now. Um, But you're not trying to actually serve all 7.5 billion. My guess is to pay your bills, you need a handful of clients a month, depending on what type of program you offer. That kind of stuff might change, but you don't need 7.5 billion. And so reach out to the seven or the 75 that you need and focus on those individuals and who you can help. Um, You know, we're all quick to say, oh, I serve women, not men. I'm like, cool, still four and a half billion people you gotta work through um, as well. And so what else can you narrow down? Um, And demographics are great, but I love that you mentioned the psychographics because that's really where you find your ideal client. The demographics are great if you're focusing on moms and you can talk about the horribleness of toddler years running around your house or whatever those things might look like, but the psychographics of what your person's dealing with and trying to get from X to Y, you know, being that bridge for them is what's important. So outsource it so you don't take it personal. There's others that are like, I don't take anything personal. I'm just mad at the world. I'm talking to my fellow type eights out there. Um, but recognizing that we we might not take it personal on the surface, but we definitely process our feelings. We do have them. They're far, far, far deep beneath the surface, but we have feelings. And so recognizing that if it's coming to you as raw data, you'll process it a lot better and manage your emotions and your expectations in a better way than if you're the one conducting that one-to-one interview. Um, because if you're a quote-unquote intimidating person, they're going to also shut down and not share things just as much as if you take everything personal and get offended They're again, that, that person on the other end of that interview. Um, so you want, you want that third party so that you get true, honest feedback so that you can create the phenomenal, irresistible offer that people start throwing their money at you. 
in the process. But thank you for bringing that up because it, yeah, both sides of you know any Enneagram type, regardless of your triad or your actual core number, um, we all have reasons why we should not be the one doing our interviews. <laughs> Yes. And um, a quick tip that I wanted to add, because as you were talking, it reminded me that when you create your research questions, whether it's for a survey, for a one-on-one interview, or focus group marketing concepts, always think about why. Why am I asking this question? And what is it that I really want to get to know? Because you brought up the psychographics. And every question that I ask someone, regardless of the methodology, there's a very specific purpose um, of why I'm asking that question and how I'm asking it. And so um, take your time creating your questions. And be proud of the questions you create. And if it's not a lot, that's good actually, because most people are busy. They want it, um, you know, as they want it an in and out kind of experience, um, a pleasant, empathetic environment. And if you can give them that, plus some really great questions, um, a lot of the time the participants walk out feeling very enlightened and they're brain is firing off and they're starting to think, wow, how, what can I do? How can, and so it's kind of a chain reaction. When you have great research questions, it can make a huge impact beyond what you even would know after the session is over. So yeah, be very methodical with your research questions is another tip I just wanted to say briefly. I love that. And I think you, you know, you mentioned separating the selling aspect after the market research. It's definitely something that unfortunately a lot of us probably were taught um, when starting our business was do the market research and then pitch or offer to follow up. But it's not saying that you have to, you know, draw a line in the sand and, and never reconnect with that individual who's done your market research, but recognizing that that purpose of that one conversation is very different than if you are on a sales call. So market research is not a sales call. They both have their time in place, but they should not be done in the same half hour span or whatever the timeline you put in. So thank you for kind of reiterating that um, as well. So many nuggets of wisdom. Um, hopefully people were taking notes as they kick off and do their market research with a lot of great offers in store. But what is that legacy of Annie? What are you out here trying to change the world and doing? If they didn't take anything else away, hopefully they took off like 20 things. I have a whole list of notes. Um, but what is that legacy that you really want listeners to remember you by as a market research consultant? Everything I do comes from love. It all starts from a place of love. And so if there's one thing that, you know, I'd like the listeners to remember is that always come back to your heart and ask yourself, am I coming from a place of love? And from my experience, if you do that, you will always find a way and you will always be able to find success. I love that. And I totally agree with that. Um, I think it's really important for us to know why we do something and have the, the right intentions 
behind it. And so if you're even your market research, just as much as your entire business is coming from a place of love, one, people see that and they connect with you. Um, but also your, your success is inevitable at that point as well. So I love that. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom um, with the audience today. I'm so glad. Obviously, we we keep reconnecting, so I'm always around um, as well. But you know, thank you so much for hanging out with the audience today and sharing. It was a pleasure being here, Kristen. I adore you. I love your podcast, and I'm literally fangirling right now. I can't believe that I'm a guest. So thank you so much. This was really, really fun. Absolutely. Are you searching for a simple way to run your business sustainably as you create your best life? Click the link in the show notes to learn about upcoming workshops or speaking events and to work with me directly. I'll teach you my methodology for applying psychology to your business strategy without the cookie cutter tactics so you can avoid burnout and confidently step into leadership and own your expertise. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please take a moment to share it on Instagram or your favorite social media platform and tag me at Coach Keds. Now go the extra mile and even leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help more women listen in and join our community. Thanks for listening to Amplify Ambition. Until next time, dream loudly.